from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We have a great show for you today. Some more detail about what went on with Damian Williams as well as a number of other things going on around the league with your Kansas City Chiefs. We are brought to you today by Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Check out rockauto.com. I am Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host over at RGR Football on YouTube. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Digest. We really do appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, you know, during this time of COVID-19, and we're going to keep you in the loop as much as we possibly can with what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like we said, we're going to talk about Damien here in a minute. We're going to get into the Chiefs in the top 100. And then we have to talk about Patrick Mahomes and where he's at in particular as they get ready to start this run it back season. I particularly was, the more I thought about it, the a little more surprised about Damien Williams' decision until we got some more information today. And I know Matt Derrick had it over at Chiefs Digest. What was your big takeaway? Well, it makes sense. I mean, I understood that it was a decision of he wants to be around his mom. He wants to support his mom. His mom's been in his rock through his entire life. So I get it. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's going to be very hard for him to uh, be around her regardless uh, at this point, though. I mean, if it, we don't know anything about the treatment, so I don't want to speculate on that uh, other than saying that uh, just being around somebody that's going through cancer and going through chemo, assuming that's what's going to end up happening. Uh, that's a dangerous situation in normal times. Yeah, it makes things make things tough. It's always a risk with somebody that's immunodepressed like that. And really any bug can threaten them, but certainly this one. So I honestly feel like that flips the whole thing on its ear for me because I was still struggling even this morning with figuring out why would you do that in a contract year? Unless there was something that we didn't know. And clearly we didn't. And now I agree, it does make more sense. It does leave him, I, I think, maybe putting himself in a precarious position, though, because like we said yesterday, if, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire really clicks into this offense, he may have made himself uh, less needed to the point that that 2.55 we talked about yesterday uh, may be more appealing in getting back in terms of cap space. Absolutely. And it's going to be something that he's going to have to deal with and he's going to have to deal with the repercussions. But obviously he made a decision. He based it on what he wants for his family. And I get it. Uh, you're right. We didn't know enough information yesterday. So I'm glad we got some clarification. We're bringing that to you now. Uh, but you look at it and you you look at the situation and it makes sense. Both of the players that Kansas City's had opt out so far have fantastic reasons for doing it. And uh, you know, my hat goes off to LDT, especially um, because he's being awfully selfless, uh, willing to go and fight this disease uh, the way he's going to as a doctor. Yeah, I agree. And clearly the team seems to get that as well. Uh, Travis Kelsey had something nice to say about the fact that they support the guys who have decided not to be with them, especially when these are two guys that are returning. It's not like this is some new player to the team or something that opted not to actually show up and join, but these are guys that took them all the way to the championship last year. And for that locker room, that's got to be an important part of the puzzle for guys who are deciding to opt out rather than go back down this road with the guys that got you there in the first place. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey did say, you know, they've got guys in the locker room that they're going to have to roll with and that they're going to have to replace them with and that those guys can step in and, and take those jobs and, and do well. So I think that the team is in the right frame of mind in that regard. And that's kind of what you have to do. It's almost, in some ways, it's almost like another injury that a player goes on IR. Obviously, it's not the same situation, but it's kind of like that because they won't be back this year. 
No, they will not. And it's it's one and done. You make that decision. There is no coming back from that. We have had clarification over the last couple of days as the numbers mount. And one guy in particular that is uh, an old friend, you can say, that isn't opting out is LaShawn McCoy. And he's got a new home. Tampa Bay. That's going to be an interesting fit for him. And I think that it makes a lot of sense for what he wants to do. He wants to go try to chase another ring. And uh, I can see why he wouldn't be available in Kansas City or or want to come back to Kansas City and Kansas City probably wouldn't want him to come back with the way things were left. Uh, it, at least it seems that way. So it makes a lot of sense for him to go to a team with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and try to get a second ring. And I know B.A. is going to be forming that, that offense as well, but a, a large chunk of it is going to be tailored to Tom Brady's strengths and or weaknesses. Uh, so imagining Shady in the James White role makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just going to say this once out loud for everyone. Tuck the ball, LaShawn. I'm just saying. No, no, not if you're going to play for Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. Carry it out there like a loaf of bread. Doesn't matter to me anymore. Uh, okay, fair enough. And I'm sure that's the case all the way around. And we have other things to get into. So coming up next, we're going to talk about the top 100, where that leaves the Chiefs. And honestly, what it means to them as players to use um, in getting themselves ready for this season. Now, Chris might not need car parts, but uh, I need a hubcap and a couple other little things that you just can't find in most stores. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everyone, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. I did this the other day for my new charger and it worked fantastic. You need to go check it out. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so now we need to jump into the top 100 list. The Chiefs had six different players on this list, and we're actually going to go from the back up kind of like it was laid out. Uh, coming in at number 95 was Frank Clark. Uh, he was 85 last year, so he dropped 10 spots. Kind of makes sense to me, honestly. He had a little bit of a down season during uh, the regular season, but really came on in the playoffs. Yeah, I can't I can't blame anybody for dropping him down at that point. And yeah, crack my perception. Was it really fast how quickly this came out this year? Doesn't it usually go in like 10-man increments? Yes, it does. Uh, that was a little different this year, and I'm not exactly sure why they did it this way, but I kind of liked it, honestly. Uh, I'm never going to sit there and watch the list just because I'm sorry. I enjoy the NFL, but that's a little much for me. I'll go watch the segments for the different players for the Chiefs, but I'm not going to watch all of those different segments. So, uh, you know, I still I still have the Michael Jordan special uh, DVR, and I haven't watched it yet. So, Oh, um, I've been through that twice. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a little behind on that one. Almost started smoking cigars because of it. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and I really, I, I, I keep meaning to watch it, but I keep finding other things I need to get done. So, uh, but anyway, when you start looking at Frank Clark, Kansas City doesn't win the Super Bowl without him. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind or in your mind, I would assume that they don't win the Super Bowl without Frank Clark. Yeah, absolutely. It is um, inconceivable to me without his, not only his personal performance, because like you said, he did finish the year hot uh, and making an impact, but how much he drove the rest of that defense. Uh, yes, Tyron's in the back doing his thing. And, and I know that he is a little bit more of a, uh, of a vocal leader. But Frank brings it, man. He's got that edge, and I think that really helps, especially the big guys up front. Yeah, and Frank did a fantastic job uh, throughout the playoffs and really came up with big sacks when they were needed uh, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. So I think that he really helped feed the rest of the team uh, in a lot of ways. And, and another player that's actually came in at number 52 on the countdown is Chris Jones. And I think him and Frank Clark are going to be a lot of fun to watch for the next three or four years. Yeah, I, I think together now, uh, Frank, healthy, I expect them to be a lot closer on this list. And I think it tells you what the league thinks of these guys in terms of their impact. So if if people were upset with the Chris Jones deal or anything like that, thought he was overpaid or whatever, this tells you what the rest of the league thought of it and most likely what the rest of the league would have been willing to pay had he actually hit the market. So. I think that means a lot. Well, but to take it even further, Chris Jones proved that he wanted to be here. And you say what you want about what he's making. And you can try to argue that he's making too much money and that he's getting overpaid. I completely disagree with that. I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. But you look at what he is getting paid. And he was willing to take basically no extra money this year and keep them in the exact same cap space and not get any kind of signing bonus and give the team flexibility. That's a, that says a lot. I mean, players want their money, and I am not trying to say that he didn't deserve money, and, and I get it completely, but he didn't take any kind of bonus in, on this. I mean, he got a little bit of an upfront payment, I think $8 million, uh within a couple of weeks of signing the contract, but you know that's chump change compared to his regular contract, and that's chump change compared to what the signing bonus would have been if he would have gone elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, that said, we're looking at, at a $25 million negative hit to the cap next year. And quite frankly, I think they're being really conservative with that. I think that it could be double that easily. And to be able to set up not only the Jones contract, but the Mahomes contract as well to make these first two years more palatable so that you can withstand that. I think that really helps. And I know Chris gets a big bump next season, but this season, like you said, staying at that number, that really helps them with their bottom line. Yeah. And it really helps them with their cash flow, too, because if you think about it, they don't know what their cash flow is going to be. And you start looking at what it's going to mean for different contracts. And, and really, the entire NFL doesn't have a clue as to what they're going to lose this year. Uh, I think the they're expecting the cap to be at $175 million in 2021. Uh, I think it could be. I think maybe that's the floor uh, and they'll have to adjust other years going forward. But that's going to create a lot of people getting cut next year. Uh, and from a lot of different teams. So free agency is going to be a bloodbath next year. Yeah. But hey, that's the way it goes. So, I mean, 52, I'll take it for Chris Jones, and I think it's going to end up being a deal. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, him at 52, I like that. Uh, I 
I think I could see him being a little bit higher than that. I think that he showed that he is a dominant force when he plays. But, you know, part of the problem was he was hurt during the year, too. Uh, you know, his stats weren't near as good as they were in 2019 because or sorry, in 2018 because he was hurt a couple of games. So that really played into, I think, where he is on this list right now. Uh, coming in, though, at number 39 is Tyron Matthew, the new chief safety. And honestly, I think he is the you know heart and soul of the defense by far. Yeah, I mean, and you can tell that he has blossomed into everything that they brought him into this organization to be, not just on the field, but uh, leading off the field in terms of charities of this new push to get out the vote. I think that's really important as well. Like a pillar in the community as well. We all know how he stands up for the New Orleans area and continues to do that. And to have him out front of this uh, secondary, which in these days of throwing the ball more and more is becoming that much more important on the defensive side. I think they hit a home run when they brought him in. Absolutely. And I think that you're going to be seeing over the next couple of years, I think he's going to continue to be successful in Kansas City and he's going to continue to lead this defense. And I think the defense is going to take a step forward this year. I'm going to reserve a little bit of judgment. I think they'll take a step forward. I'm not going to say it's going to be a huge step forward because I think for the most part, towards the end of the season, they started playing really well. Yeah. I agree. And, and that's just going to continue the more time they have. And uh, particularly with the return of Juan Thornhill, having the older veteran in, in Matthew being able to continue to bring him along and to turn it into a duo that we can see for the future, at least the next couple of years. I do expect another contract for Tyron in the future here. Uh, that is going to be an asset that the league is starting to recognize more and more. Uh, the safety position makes its resurgence. Yeah, and just to throw this out there real quick, Kansas City also officially made it or made it official with the signing of Tedrick Thompson. Uh, I know we didn't mention this in the news; we probably should have, but uh, they did bring him in. They did release Andrew Soro, uh, so now he is under contract. So I would expect that he's probably going to be maybe their fifth safety if they keep five this year. Yeah, I think that's probably the expectation. Um, I don't think, like I said on RGR today, I don't think anybody's pushing Armani Watts out of the way, but. Depth is important. And while we're wrapping up little little news bits, um, pour one out for John Lovett. I just saw that he actually got picked up on waivers. So other teams, including the Green Bay Packers around the league, saw the value of John Lovett. I wish he was going to be able to come back, but sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be back. Uh, moving on, though, in the list, Tyree Kill at number 22 as the Chiefs wide receiver, uh, getting, I think, his highest number so far in the league. Yeah, that's interesting for a guy that I think is clearly a top three wide receiver. And I can't say he's outside the top five in terms of weapons in the league. I'm a little surprised that he's this this low, to tell you the truth. Well, he's behind Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones. So I get why you would make an argument that all those guys should be above him, but I don't know that all three should. But it's really hard to make a decision as to who should be below him. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, and Michael Thomas came in at number five. So that's the highest wide receiver on the list. Now, funny. Yeah, it is. And we'll get to that here in just a moment because I do want, I I don't want to talk about Michael Thomas specifically, but I want to talk about somebody that's in the top four. Um, But Travis Kelsey came in at number 18. Uh, He's actually 11 spots behind George Kittle. So he's the number two tight end in the league, according to his peers. 
that's an interesting one too. I think I'm I'm okay with that argument. I think it's kind of cool to have a one two punch because you can't deny Kittle's talent. Um, I think I will definitely still keep a uh, old eighty seven up top. Well, you know, I looked at I look at the whole Travis Kelsey versus Kittle debate, and you know, I saw people saying that Kittle is a better tight end, and you, you can say what you want, you can make the argument all you want, but you know, people are talking about Kittle having. Uh, you know, the receptions or the receiving yards lead as a tight end. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, he has that. He beat Kelsey by what, 50 yards. Um, tell me who else on the team that San Francisco is actually throwing the ball to. Because Travis Kelsey did it with three or four other weapons. Right. <laughs> actually built around him. So to me, I think he's proven his value for Kansas City. And I think he is a fantastic player. And I'm glad to see him. Uh, getting the recognition is where he is. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think there's one more guy that we're going to have to find out uh, just where the league stands because I'm shocked. Coming up next, we'll talk about Patrick Mahomes. So from 18 with Kelsey, I actually thought 18, we'd have, we being the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't do that very often, but I would have thought there'd be two guys in the top 10 myself. Yet there's only one. And I will say this because I put it out on Twitter before we talk about the specifics. I think it is very interesting to me that across the league, the guys that play this game day in, day out recognize that not just one, but two of the biggest talents in this league, in two of the top four, are under 25 years old. I do think that's significant, but I think it's more significant that uh, people are putting Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck with trying to convince me that that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time with that as well. Um, and I really, really like what Lamar Jackson is doing. And by that, I mean his progression from a guy that his reputation pre-draft was not anywhere near where he is now. And I, I know he's still got a lot of room to improve. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback, and I'm impressed with the progress he has made to this point. But especially when you know that he's had a head-to-head with Mahomes every season, to put him ahead makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, and let's see. If you look at the year before, Patrick Mahomes is still number four and had gone off for 55 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards and still didn't make the number one spot. So if you're going to sit here and argue that Lamar Jackson is the number one player because he was the MVP. I'm sorry that argument loses favor with me. You can't make that argument. I just, I think he's a great player. I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, but the the Ravens lost when they had to put the ball in his hands and he had to pass. Yeah. In, in the playoffs, they lost because of him. And that's a fair, fair criticism. And if you're talking about being a guy that is one of the top talents in this league, you got to be aces. If it's you, your turn to perform, you got to perform. And quite frankly, that's the one reason why I don't have a super huge problem with Russ Wilson being up there. I could see it being a debate between Patrick and Russ. I would still put Patrick on top myself, but I can understand those coming back and saying he hasn't seen a dip. His teammates obviously have because of the contract, and we, we've heard that whole process before, but he does have a Super Bowl ring as well. Russ has been at the top of the heap, so I could see that debate at least making a little more sense. 
Yeah, and I could I could probably get behind that debate a little bit, but I still look at it and say you have a kid that is 24 years old that is now gone to has started two years through for 5,000 yards and 50 or over 5,000 yards and over 50 touchdowns year one, one league MVP year two gets hurt or probably goes over 50,000 or 5,000 yards again uh, and wins the Super Bowl. And obviously what I said earlier about Frank Clark, there's no way Kansas City wins without Frank Clark. Well, there's no way Kansas City wins without Chris Jones either. Chris Jones played a fantastic place. And I know we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, but we already all both know there's they're not even in that game without Patrick Mahomes. Right. It's, I mean, you're looking at the playoffs. I'm sorry. Kansas City gets down to Houston. They lose that game. Alex Smith isn't bringing them back to six touchdowns. I, I agree with you as much as I like Alex. I, I'm 100% with you there. My big thing is, like you said, fourth the year before after a season MVP and let's not forget a Pro Bowl MVP. I'm just saying you still got to do something to get that. But the guy's been an MVP three times. The only three ways you can in this league and he won a championship leading a comeback to do it and you don't even move him up. <laughs> well, you know, the way I look at it, and I put this out on the Locked On Chiefs Twitter account, um, and if you like this comment, go retweet it. Uh, let's see. He was number four last year, and I think it worked out pretty well for Kansas City. <laughs> so I already yeah. have retweeted that. I like that one. Yeah, I figured you had. <laughs> no, but you, you look at it, and none of it makes sense to me. I, I don't. I can't comprehend people putting him at number four. And I'm, And maybe I sound like I'm on my high horse, but... I watch him play football. I've watched Lamar Jackson play. I understand why people like Lamar Jackson so much. I understand that they want to try to say he is the future of the NFL. And I'm sorry, he's not. Uh, I will be surprised if he is anywhere near as effective as he is right now in 10 years. I think he's going to take too many hits and he's going to slow down. It's a tough one. I mean, trying to keep him upright is going to be very, very difficult. I mean, and you're not the only one. My, my favorite one that that I found and retweeted was that uh, Chris Harris Jr. just put bef- Mahomes at four and and the sobbing faces of emojis, and it, that just that says it all. When the guy who's arguably one of the the best cornerbacks in the league is telling you that that's ridiculous, hey, that's ridiculous. Well, you know what I love the most though. Did you see Patrick Mahomes' response? Oh yeah, the little notebook thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it all comes back to. Use, I mean, and and I put it out on Twitter too. It's like it's like when Tom Brady gets cut off in traffic. Everybody hates us. They don't think we can do it. Well, I hope Patrick takes a page from his book and literally just starts holding grudges. Hey, I don't think. And uh, his trainer actually today posted something about it's like Christmas in July. Oh, Bobby he posted <laughs> it last night. Yeah, no, he posted that last night. I'm sorry, and I think I quote tweeted that also from the Locked On account. Uh, and I can only imagine that has something to do with the NFL 100. I mean, it could be something completely different, but the timing of it looked like it was it was great. And uh, you know, Patrick doesn't need any more reason or motivation. He is uh, the thing that has always amazed me about him is he is so humble, but he seems to have a fire that I don't think is going to be quenched, no matter what happens. Because what else? And I'm not trying to be cocky here, but what else can he do at this point in his career? I'm not saying he's one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played, although I think he has a trajectory (laughs) that should put him there. Mm -hmm. But at this point, what else could he do 
to be twenty four years old. You're a Super Bowl champion. You've won the Super Bowl MVP. You've won a regular MVP. Five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns in one season. Your next season, you miss two games and still get close to five thousand yards. Um, he's not throwing picks anywhere near the rate that we expected him to. That's no. probably the thing that amazes me the most about him. And his attitude has always been amazing. I, he's just always been humble. Yeah. And I, and I think that helped him. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. It, it helped him to get where he is, and it, it helps growing up in, in the family of a professional athlete who understands these things. And you're right. Well, the accomplishments. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think that it helped him take, take uh, instruction from Alex. Yeah. I think it kept him humble enough and, and helped him in that regard, too. So For sure. And at this point, when you've done all that and you've gotten these accolades, there is only one thing that you can do to further your legacy. And he will have a legacy if he if he decides baseball is the way he wants to go and he wants to be an owner and, and not play anymore. He He will always have a legacy. But the only way to increase the legacy he has right now is to stack championships. And that will put him in the elite. So... I agree with you. I don't think he. I don't think he needs a whole lot of motivation, but I think he'll use everything he can get. No, absolutely, and I think that if, assuming we can, you know, have get back to regular football at some point next year, uh, and that they play a full season, sixteen games this year, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to challenge for some of the uh, records that Brady and Breeze are dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. You just watch what he's been doing, and he's putting up five thousand yards, and he's making it look pretty easy. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun to watch. Folks, that's it for our first week back together. What did I miss? Nothing. I was just going to say, as long as Reed stays here, that's going to be a good sign for them as well. So, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I need I need at least another four or five seasons out of Coach Reed, and then I'll feel comfortable that much like we saw the the coaching changes where Rodgers takes over and is more important to the offense than the, the guy calling the plays or Brady is. I think at some point in the next four or five seasons, you can get to the point where if Andy had to step away, that Patrick can lead the offense enough uh, and, and take that role over that you don't see the fall off. Yep. But you're going to have to figure out, you know, they're going to have to figure out an heir apparent to Andy. Um, I think he's going to coach for another five or six years. But and that's probably the problem with him is that you're not going to really be able to find an heir apparent for the next couple of years, because if they do well, they're going to be gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's a good problem to have, though. And it seems to keep churning out great coaches. So, getting that pipeline, I'm looking forward to it, folks. We hope you have a great weekend. That's it for us. Our first weekend back together, and now we will say, have a good one, and thanks for listening to us today. We'll be back with you on Monday. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.